0: Morning, Buzz.
1: Yeah, good morning, guys. Great to have the footy back. I went to Gosford on Friday night and um, watched the Sharkies. Uh, they were impressive. It beat the Knights 28-16. And, and a good game, too. Really tight game. Uh, Manly 30 beat the Rabbitohs 28. And it was just nice to be back there, you know, live. Uh, good crowd, 10,000. Beautiful playing surface. It's like a pool table up there at Gosford. And, uh, yeah, it was great. But, look, With these trials we were about to talk to, I don't read too much into them. I I think really to make a judgment on a football team and their prospects for the year, you've you've certainly I reckon you've got to wait for about six weeks into the competition. But um, if you want to start off, I I, I thought the Bulldogs were great. Um, 34-18 over Canberra in Maruya. I I thought the highlight was Reid Marnie's game, their new hooker from Parramatta. He uh, he really livened up their attack. They had an 88% completion rate, uh, which was, you know, outstanding for this time of the year. And Reid Marnie had a couple of tries this. And um, new coach Cameron Seraudo, the players have bought into his uh, methods of coaching and. Um, Um, I'm not going to declare them certainties for the top eight, but I think they're going to be there about. We didn't see their full team yesterday like with just about every other club, but uh, they couldn't have been more impressive, the Bulldogs in my view.
0: Yeah, no, I thought they were were terrific, Buzz, but I, I agree with you in terms of we don't really get a lot out of uh, trial matches, you're going to wait until that first month of the NRL season before you really start to identify teams that you think will be on the improve. And I think this weekend we'll get a better idea as well because I think the teams will look to put more of their you know top players into the run on sides to, to give them sort of a game before the start of the, the competition. But I, I watched the Indigenous All-Stars have a great victory against the Maori All-Stars there on the weekend. I thought it was a terrific contest. And, and Nico Hines proving himself to be a wonderful player, wonderful
1: ambassador both on and off the field. Well, you look at the sort of emotional trauma that Nico Hines had to deal with in the lead-up to that game. Um, it's been very well publicised that his mum's in custody and he he basically went from the courtroom steps there on the central coast to, to Sydney Airport and flew to New Zealand to Rotorua for this game. And, look, they tell me when he first arrived, he was struggling and he, there was even talk he'd, he'd go back home and, and to be with those he's closest with in Cronulla. But um, he stuck it out and he, he had a wonderful game and uh, won the Preston Campbell medal. Um The interesting story there is, and I've written a column about it today, is that um, the Conola Sharks are ready to start contract extension talks, and Steve Mace, their chairman, uh, who's very close to Nico, wants to sign him basically for the rest of his career. He's got two years to go, this year and next on his contract, but he wants a four-year extension, and... Nico signed at Cronulla for about 600k a year um, when they pulled him out of Melbourne Storm. And, um, um, yeah, the, the, the next contract they're hoping will see him out for the rest of his career. And it's not just his playing career, it, but, but they want him in coaching and recruitment and mentoring. And he is such an impressive dude, this guy. He's already the face of Cronulla. I, he, he's like God here in the show. Everyone loves him, mums, dads, kids girls he's just so popular and he recently uh, signed a massive new contract with Puma uh, Sportswear and um, just everyone wants a little bit of him and that he's shown so much class but so much support for his mum and he's you know he's had a lot to juggle and uh, just a tremendous role model and I can actually see him being the face of the game in years to come. He won the Dalian medal last year. And the other thing is he can play a bit too. Cardi. He's, he's up there with the top halfbacks from the game, in my view. And, um, yeah, wonderful performance on the weekend.
0: What did you make of the Dolphins' first hit-out, Buzz?
1: Yeah, better than your West Tigers, Clarkie, that's for sure. But we'll get mm. to them. Uh, oh, nice nah, little harsh. jab straight away, Buzz. Nah, harsh but
0: fair. I thought you were going to mention the Australian cricket team.
1: Ooh, yep, oh, yep. Yeah, <laughs> that. Well, I, I thought Clarkie was lucky on Thursday night that he probably watched the cricket, didn't have to watch the West Tigers. But oh, um, I
0: watched a little bit of the Tigers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, back to your Dolphins. I was really, really pleased they were competitive and uh, nearly won that game. The Cowboys scored at the end, 22-all. i tell you what impressed me. They only missed 10 tackles. And uh, there was, you know, an interesting Wayne Bennett didn't go to the game. He was um, stuck in Brisbane. Uh, I know the Courier Mail journalists are still trying to find out why. Wayne's handed over to Christian Wolf for a trial game. Typical Wayne. Uh, but, look, I don't know if he had a personal issue or what happened there, but... I I think they, you know, well they couldn't, the Cowboys were a great side last year, but again, neither side at full strength, so as you said, Loz, next week some of the players will be back and um, and, and we'll get a better indication. Look, as for the West Tigers on Thursday night, look, what worried me is Tim Sheens has said all along that the emphasis is going to be on attack, and they're going to throw the football round, and him and Benji both encouraged that, but Look, to, to, to run up to concede 48 points against the Warriors, um, 54 missed tackles um, was not good enough. They need to get the pads out this week at Concord and do something about that. I, look, I don't know if it was lack of effort. I don't think the heat was a problem in New Zealand. Um, um, slight concern there, but look, They've signed some fantastic players, you know, the Appy House and the Papa Leahys and Brooks didn't play, Adam Dewey didn't play. And I'm sure once they get their best football team onto the park, we're going to, like the rest of the clubs, we're going to see more from them.
0: One of the necessary evils, I suppose, uh, with trial matches is the inevitable, Ill, inevitability of injuries. Uh, Melbourne Storm with Justin Ollum, I suppose, um, you know. <laughs> You can get injured in any game, but you just don't like seeing players, and in particular high profile
1: players, get injured weeks out from the start of the year. Yeah, look, um, a real, real blow for Melbourne Storm. Is they, they, Justin Ollum's a broken arm. It's up to eight weeks. Could miss the first six rounds of the competition. What worries me is Ryan Pappenhausen, too, their full He's showing no signs of being ready to play football. It's, it was a horrible knee injury he suffered. He's been to the United States for treatment, but still a long way off, Storm are telling us, even though he's back doing light training, but certainly not um, body contact. Uh, look, with, without and Pappenhausen, Storm lose a lot of their attacking punch for those early rounds of the competition. I've had a look at their draw. they got power First up, that's the opening of the season on the mm-hmm. Thursday night at Combank. In their favour, they've got a reasonable draw after that. They've got the Bulldogs, the Titans and the West Tigers after that. But I losing players like that, but not having them around, I, I think Storm are traditionally strong starters in the competition. They always have been. I can't remember them being here under pressure or in trouble early on. So we might have to see them this year come from behind Mm. because, as I said, you can't read trial form, but you can read injuries, and and they are serious blows not having those two in the back five. Yeah, you mentioned
0: Pappenhausen. The more I think about that injury that he sustained, like a shattered kneecap, putting that all back together, I, I reckon that's going to take a lot longer than what we all think, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's not available until the back half of the season?
1: Yeah, even Storm and the physios, they tell me, don't regularly deal with these sort of injuries. You know, there's all sorts of knee recoveries um, mm. that, that they know about, but this was an unusual, a real impact injury. And um, look, he's been to get the best help in the United States, um, I don't know, particularly when he, whether we're going to see such an explosive player. He's a wonderful player to watch, isn't he? You know, he's mm. a freak with the football in his hand. He's got speed. He's got that step. He can do things that not many footballers in the NRL can do. Um, it, it is a concern, and um, but the game needs players like him. Storm needs players like him. And, um, you know, that it's been well documented. They've lost half their forward pack and... Um, you know, I, I keep thinking, let's give them some time, but I'm a little, little bit worried about them at this stage.
0: But, oh. us, Pong is about to face the media this morning at, I think, 9.30, and it'll be the first time we've heard from Caleb for quite some time.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting story, mate, in Newcastle today. Um, you go way back to August, six months ago. Calum Ponga was out um Uh, with the repercussions of of concussion and any doctor will tell you and I I saw a guy on TV the other night who said if you're suffering from concussion you have three to repeated concussions you're supposed to have three to six months of alcohol and Callum Ponga last year uh, just to recap bought a new house in Newcastle grabbed Kirkman and they spent the afternoon in the pub and uh, while their team was being flogged interstate and um, they were both sprung on a video that went on social media. Leaving a toilet cubicle, it was a really, really bad look for the club. The suggestions they swept it under the carpet, no fines, no nothing. Um, the NRL Integrity Unit let it go. Now here's a guy. He's on 1.4 to 1.5 million this year. Once the ratchet clause comes into his contract with the new um, new salary cap. only played 14 games last year now this guy is a potential champion of the game can do things and joey john said to me over the weekend what he does at training is frightening just the skill level and and to his credit look i'm having a crack at him for not being professional on that day he had on the booze but they say he's the best trainer in the club not just the best player he's Super, super fit at the moment. Uh, despite a, a calf injury he suffered, he wins every all the time, trials, etc. in Newcastle. But I'd just like to see him today at this press conference as captain of the club. I think it's important to take a bit of ownership and tell people what happened and show a little bit of remorse. I don't like the fact that he's been hidden away for the last six months. I don't. I was in Newcastle recently for his 60th birthday and... and oh, I I spoke to a lot of people and and just the Knights brand, there was a little bit of ill feeling towards them over issues like this. Uh, You know, they haven't been a successful football team last year and it'll be really interesting to. and and I hope he does well uh, because pretty rugged media, as you guys know, the NRL uh, scribes and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he's got to say today. I was happy for Kevy Walters. It looks like he's going to get a contract
0: extension buzz, but there's a feeling around that the Broncos didn't need to rush into this decision. What did you make of this uh, story going around, that he's likely to be signing a new
1: two-year deal? Well, let's start off by saying Kevin Walters is dead set one of the nicest blokes in rugby league, an absolute champion fella. But for the life of me, I cannot understand why the Broncos... At this stage of the season, after one trial match, have decided to extend him for another two years. So I look at it this way. You do these contract extensions, possibly if there's a danger of losing your coach to another club and you lock him in long term. and um, um, That's why you do it. Now, kevy improved the Broncos last year, but they bombed out pretty miserably to the back end of the season. We saw, um, we saw yesterday, it was on the Sunshine Coast, they had a 24-all draw uh, with the Titans. But I think it's an exciting roster he's got. Um, Adam Reynolds will again be the key and hopefully, um, you know, his fitness holds up and he, we see plenty of football. But I just didn't think there was any need. I think they could have waited to round six, maybe round 10 before they make a decision. Now, the NRL have handed the clubs million a year above the salary cap and you want NRL clubs to spend that money responsibly you don't want to see them facing mass payouts for coaches which a lot of clubs have wasted money on for far too long and um, I'm just surprised they extended him at this stage
0: have to leave it there Buzz, thanks so much where are you watching
1: the Super Bowl today? Mate I'll be at home, what time are you guys having your first beer down there? Up to loss. What's the reason? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you haven't I had one yet. <laughs> no, I haven't had
0: one yet, Buzz. Now I'm very responsible. You know what I'm like. Well, you can't have one on Super Bowl day. Well, really? that's exactly right. un Australian if I don't. So the that's answer delicious. to your question is five past nine. <laughs> oh, I'm
1: that. Too. <laughs> mate, have a cup of tea and wait a bit longer. <laughs> Thanks, Buzz. Yeah. See you guys. ta mate.